I just have a question. Do you feel loved today? Do you feel loved today? Because he does. He loves you so much. His love is like crazy overwhelming. Amen? Just watching Gianna and Andy get in that tank. Because why? Because they know they are loved. And not just that, but because they're surrounded by family. I love what Andy said. There's no need for fanfare. There's no need for hype. The Holy Spirit and the love of God, he is worthy of every praise. And that, that's not fanfare and hype. That's expression that he created us to express. So you, you can feel free to jump around if you want. I know some of you, I know, you've come up to me and you said, I've been tempted to come up with you and, and, and dance. Do it. Why? Because he is worthy. He is worthy. All glory to God. Amen? So last weekend, we had an amazing weekend. We had our first women's conference, Spread the Love. We had 96 women in the house. It was a beautiful day. It, it couldn't have gone better. The food was delicious. We had coffee from our, our Starbucks barista extraordinaire. She made her own vanilla, like flavoring, like the sugar flavoring that you put. She made it. She had these cool little jars. I'm like, girl, you're amazing. But what I noticed about the conference was everyone had a part and everyone served and loved each other, and it couldn't, it couldn't go if just one person was trying to do everything. Last week, we shared about increase and about being a servant of all, because that's what Jesus came. He said, I came to serve. I didn't come to rule and reign in, in anger. I came as a servant, humble. And he said, follow me. So what are we to do? Serve. And I watched the women serve one another last week, and it couldn't have been more beautiful. And that same love that we felt in the house, I feel today. So, girls, we're going we're gonna to do diamonds in a field again with a little bit of a tweak to it. And I'm going to start by reading what formed our women's conference. It was crazy because the Lord literally put this little folder in my hand. And I was like, oh, that's pretty. When you open the inside of the folder, there's a letter but I want to go farther than to say it's just a letter. This is a declaration. And I want to say, this is not just for the girls in the house. This is for you guys, too. Say, okay. Okay. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Declarations are when we speak for a purpose on purpose. Amen? So we're speaking on purpose for a purpose. We're saying it out loud because we know that God is good. So I'm going to declare this letter over you today. Daughter and son of the king, you were made to shine from the inside out. You were made to walk with the pure and perfect purpose of knowing who you are and whose you are. That gleam in your eye, that snap in your step, Marks of strength that's growing in you day by day and meant to change the world one word or action at a time. That smile turns on the lights and spreads the warmth. That joy you wield is a weapon that fights against every hopeless thing. That laugh is the glint of the armor that helps you stand fearless in the face of the future because nothing can stand in the way of the one who holds your future in the palm of his hand.
because you are loved, wildly loved, and you wear his love so well. His love is a promise you can take to the bank, you can take to the store, you can take to the gym, take to every heart and every home that needs to know there is a God who loves them with unrelenting passion, a perfect purpose, a flat yes to life and breath. He believes in you. He planned you, prepared you, chose you, cut you into the purest, clearest child of his heart. He colored in your lines with the brightest hopes and hues. Some of you are more colorful than others. Hallelujah. Now I lost my place. He examines you, approved of you, and sets you in just the right moment at just the right time for you to shine. From the inside out, truth be told, darling, Son, no jewel or gem could ever outsparkle the beauty of Jesus that radiates from who you are. This is a declaration of who you are, daughter, son, who you are, mother, father, aunt, uncle, brother, sister. You are wildly loved. You are chosen for a purpose. Spread the love, and this message was birthed out of a box that was put in my hands. Well, a box, not just one box. Mal was with me. I was at the Daily Grind. How many have liked the Daily Grind? Free commercial advertisement for the Daily Grind. Awesome coffee, awesome food, awesome place to fellowship and have church. So I was at the Daily Grind meeting with Mal. We were having an awesome lunch. And Tammy says, hey, I have a box of journals and books and stuff that are like more on the religious side, and I've offered them to people, and nobody wants to take them. Will you, would you like to take them? Tammy's the owner of, of the Daily Grind. I was like, sure, I'll, yeah, I, I'll find somebody to give them to. And so she walks out with one box and sets it by the table. Then she goes back. She comes out with another box and sets it by the table, and then she goes back, comes out with another box. Five boxes later, we had a women's conference, literally. Like, these boxes were full of glory, like full of Bibles and Bible studies, and oh my goodness, how many of you want a basket and can attest to the beautiful things that were gifted to us? And one of the things that was in the box was this spread the love folder, and a diamond pen, which a lot of the ladies got when they were at the conference, because it says you are more precious to him than a diamond, more precious to him than a jewel. More, we're going to get into that. Okay, calm down. There is no coincidence in the kingdom. And when he wants something to happen, all you have to do is say yes. And he places what you need in your hands. And I thank the, my father for being so loving and generous to us that we were able to do a women's conference. So cool. He believes in you. He plans you prepared you, chose you, and cut you into the purest, clearest child of his heart. Jeremiah 29, 11, Esther 4, Romans 11, 5, Psalms 139, 13 through 16, Genesis 1, 27 are a few passages from, that are wrapped in this word over you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Amen? Whew. 
For such a time as this, Esther, you were chosen. Maybe you are the one that could save your people. And I keep hearing that. A year ago, I was asleep during the first shutdown. And I was asleep and I was in turmoil in my sleep. Every time I woke up, I heard, for such a time as this. I woke up probably 20 times during the night. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. And it just pounded in my head. You were created. You were placed on this planet. You could have been born another time. He could have put you in any time. But he put you right now for such a time as this. Ooh, and it's going to be a fun time. I can tell you. It already is. But it's only going to get better from here. Amen? You are a chosen people. I formed you in your mother's womb. You are made in his image and his likeness. This is who you are. Don't settle for reflecting anything other than Jesus. Don't settle. The enemy wants you to settle and just work in your own strength and strive. Don't settle. Eagle up. Rise. Don't settle. I feel like we should all stand at attention when he does that. I, I, I'm going to speak off cuff here, but I believe that we are truly here for such a time as this. And I believe that our little church <clears throat> in this valley, I believe we are here to create a shockwave of revival across this land. Because we are saying, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are not here to just play church. We're not here to just play Christian. We're not here to just do religion. That's dead. I want to live. I want to be alive. I don't want to live in a dead place. And this isn't just to inspire you and fire you up. This is for you to acknowledge, yes, Lord, you have created me. You have called me. You have redeemed me. Now I'm going to go help you redeem somebody else. We can't stay self-focused. We have to get on mission on purpose because he created you for a purpose. And that's for you to shine where you are and what he has gifted you in. So a year ago, this message began forming in my heart. And I was watching Joanna Gaines and Chip. How many of you like them? I unashamedly love them. And I would love to meet them. And I would love to go to Waco. And I would love to go shopping in their store. And maybe Joanna would be there. And that would be so great. But (laughs) when I first started watching Fixer Upper, and you came to my house and we had a Fixer Upper-like thing. Oh, I remember that. So when I first started watching, she had put out a book. And Joanna had a shop, and then she, she in the book, described how she went to a garden and literally prayed, Lord, what do I do? Because she was in the process of birthing her four children, and it was too much. And he, had, he said, shut down the shop and be a mom. So she shut down her shop in obedience to the Lord. She didn't really want to because she loved it. But she shut down her shop in obedience to the Lord. What happens when you're obedient to him? Increase. Increase. You want to see a tangible echo of glory? I know it's a TV show, and I know they're just people. I'm not trying to glorify them. I am glorifying the God who created them and their giftings and their abilities to call life out of the death. One of the things that ministers to me so much about their show is that you see something get completely restored into full glory. Come to my house, too. 
But that's what he does with us. Come on. So I'm watching, and they're launching this network last year, and I am bawling, like crying like a baby over the fact that they are launching this beautiful network, and they are highlighting people all across America. Their shows on the network are from people all over, not just them. It's not just about them. But they're highlighting their giftings. One is a cook. One is an interior designer. One is a um, treehouse builder for kids. I mean, it's just cool. And the Holy Spirit, while I'm sitting there bawling, because for whatever reason, seeing the glory on the TV of what people are gifted to do messed me up. Because he's so creative, and he created you with a purpose. And, and when, when you walk in that purpose and you talk in that purpose, it glorifies him naturally. Amen? And so he started speaking to me, and I heard the phrase, diamonds in a field. I don't know why. I wasn't thinking anything specific, but I just heard, diamonds in a field. Look around you, Leslie. There are men and women following Jesus in this beautiful valley that you don't even know about. And I went on Facebook the next day, and um, the head shop owner, what's his name? Zach Perillo got on the roof of his house and went live in the middle of the shutdown and started talking about his love for Jesus and how he was transformed by the love of Jesus. I mean, I thought it was cool that he was doing that, but it was even cooler that he got on his roof. He owns a, a hair salon in Dover. I didn't know he was a believer. There are people all around us doing their daily life, shining bright for Jesus, and we are not alone. That is something that the Lord, you are not alone in this this vision, this dream, this passion that I have put inside of this body, this is not just about you. This is about the church, about followers of Jesus Christ, followers of the way, rising up in their gifting and moving in it. And I began to see a, a potential um, little TV series. Tyler, I haven't got to talk to you about it yet, but we're doing it. And I know it sounds crazy, but I want to meet people like Judge Elizabeth Tamakis, who I met downtown, and she came to our women's conference last week and shared her testimony. She's a believer in Jesus. She's a diamond in the field. She is working in a hard, hard place, and she is serving the Lord. And when she was in her early years of judging, she knew she couldn't do it on her own. It was too hard. The weight was too heavy. The fear and the anxiety that came with choosing what to do for people in their lives and helping them was too much. She went into Malone College and got her degree in Christian ministries. She could be a pastor if she wanted to. Isn't that crazy cool? She is in a place where when she did that degree, the Lord took her into a class, and, and it was about the, the, the nature of humanity. And in that class, she learned that every single person is created in the image of God. It changed how she judged from then on out. Every single person that comes into her courtroom, she sees them as image bearers of the creator and she wants to give them hope and she wants to give them a future. So she's into rehabilitation, not just judgment and cast them out, but she wants them to see, go, see them go from death to life. That's just one beautiful diamond in the field of New Philadelphia and Tuscarawas County. Come on. That's so cool. And I'm standing in a room full of believers living in their everyday, ordinary life, nursing 
Nursing and nursing, all three of you are sitting right there in a hospital, teaching, principal in a school. Are you still doing that? Sweet. Diamonds in a field. Diamonds in a field. Matthew 10, 29 through 31 says, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. He knows when a bird dies and cares about it. What, how much more do you think he cares about you? Come on. Now, if you're killing birds, he knows it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's good. He's good. He knows you. And he cares. And in Matthew 6, we're jumping back a few chapters, it says, look at the birds. They don't plant. Something about birds. Eagle up. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry. This is Jesus talking. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Ooh, Leslie, hear yourself. Don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? What am I going to wear tomorrow? It's church. I have nothing in my closet. <laughs> Does anybody ever do that? No? Okay. It's the only one. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Ooh, come on, somebody. Seek first his kingdom and everything will be added to you. Well, Leslie, I just don't know if I'm capable of doing what I feel like he's asking me to do. I can promise you he will give you everything you need. Period. He'll put boxes of gifts in your hand. Come on. He'll put boxes of gifts in your hand. What he has called you to do, what he has appointed you to do, he will fulfill it. You can count on it. Matthew 13, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And so often we look at this story and we say, yeah, I will give you everything, Jesus, which is a perfect way to look at it. I'm gonna, I have found Jesus. I have found everything in him. So I'm going to let go of everything else, and I'm going to surrender to him, and I'm going to receive everything he has for me. But I want, you to tell, I want to tell you a flip on this story. Jesus gave up everything for you. He gave up everything for you. He took on all the things that you can't pay for, you can't earn, you can't strive. There's nothing we can do without Jesus, and he paid it all. He paid it all to get to you, to get 
to you, to call you up, to call you out, to say, you are my beloved child. You are mine. You are mine. In Matthew 18, 12 through 14, it says, think of it this way. If a man only has a hundred sheep and one lamb wanders away and is lost, won't he leave the 99 grazing the hillside and thoroughly search for the one lost lamb? It doesn't matter how far. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. He is running after you. He is recklessly in love with you because you belong to him. And he will leave and come to find you. Sam, how did he find you? How did he find you? I'm thinking of the card that you saw on the side of the road or wherever you were. He... He knows where you're going to be. He knows what you're going to do. And he is running hard after you. And your brothers and your sisters and the people around you, your children and your children's children and your children's children. Jamie, how did he find you? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. He finds me every day. He leaves the 99 Helen, he found you. People are getting nervous now. She's going to pick on me. Jason, how'd he find you? Hmm. Amen. What did you get to do last night? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> come on come on come on and you had fun didn't you believe me us Christians we can have fun glory he is, he is an adventurous glory filled amazing fun God if you ain't having fun you ain't doing it right that was like, boo, yeah, Jen, wow, wow. Graves to gardens. What the enemy meant to destroy you, God is turning for the good. Whew. He left the 99. If you're here today, you're like, I feel like I've been found. Receive Jesus. He paid it all for you. You are his, he calls you his, he calls you beloved. Receive him, don't hesitate, don't hesitate to say yes. He knows you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Can't hide it, try it, but it doesn't work. So just bring all of it. Lord, here's my ugly, here's my anger, here's my trauma, here's what I've done, here's my brokenness. Here's my sin. I don't want it anymore. And guess what? When you do that, it's gone. The scripture says, far as the east is from the west, it's forgotten. It's gone. 
Stop digging it back up and saying, oh, I'm going to carry this along with me because I deserve it because I did this. And I know I'm preaching the same message over and over again, but know who you are. You are redeemed and that is gone. You are forgiven. And now it's a story you get to tell as the redemption story of Jesus Christ. You are beloved. You are his beloved. You belong to his family. Say hi to your family. Hi, family. Whether you like it or not, we're family and we're going to heaven together. (laughs) Woohoo! You bring his kingdom wherever you go. And you were created for eternity. Capture that. Diamonds are forever. How many of you have ever heard that quote? Diamonds are forever. You are created for eternity. Yes, this moment is important, but guess what? It's only just the beginning of the rest of your life. And you are created not for a moment, but for forever. And when you step into your identity in Christ, it's like, oh yeah, I'm stepping into forever. I'm stepping into heaven now. Come on. I'm stepping into your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now. I have complete access to you, Father. I have complete understanding of your love for me. I can know you. I can know you intimately now. How do diamonds form? Pressure and heat. They form way down deep in the crust of the earth under pressure and immense heat. Immense heat. Some of you may be feeling like, yep, I feel the heat right now. I feel it. And sometimes that heat is the enemy and his attacks and his lies. Come on. Actually, I would say the pressure is the enemy because God, there's no pressure. <laughs> Jane and I were talking about this week. There no, there's no pressure when you're in relationship with the Father. There's only glory and invitation. But the heat is at the refiner, the creator of the glory inside of you, and the heat is the presence and fire and power of the Holy Spirit in you to take what the enemy tried to pressure and destroy you with and create a reflective glory that is declaring his image wherever you go. Does a diamond shine without light? Ooh. I mean, it's just a rock if it's down in the earth buried deep. And if you get it out and you don't ever shine a light on it, I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do with my wedding ring is to go, ooh, look at that. It's sparkly. It's so sparkly. But it doesn't really sparkle without the light. (sighs) I know. Such a cheesy application. Who does Jesus say that he is? I am the light of the world. And in 1 Peter, it says you are to extinguish the darkness because of the glory that he's placed inside of you. Shine bright like a diamond. Nobody's laughing. Okay. <laughs> you get it? Okay, thanks. Heat and pressure produce reflective glory in his presence. Without light, diamonds are just another rock. But with light shining in and through them, they are full of glory. Replace that with Kyle. Without the light of Jesus Christ shining through Kyle, he's dead. With Jesus shining in him, he is bright and beautiful. You're beautiful, Kyle. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's weird. (laughs) 
But it's the love of Jesus that shines from you that creates a glory that is attractive to people. And they're like, what do you have? You're not afraid. You're not moving in fear. Or you're not acting like angry. You're not gossiping. What's going on with you? What's different about you? Shine bright. Shine bright. I want to read to you a story. It's called Acres of Diamonds. It is a speech that was written uh, in 1890 by Russell Conwell. Acres of Diamonds originated as a speech which was delivered over 6,000 times around the world when it was first published. Conwell raised over $7 million from his book and speeches from which he founded and established Temple University in PA. This is a true story. A farmer purchased an old farm, which he worked for many years. Along with an ox and plow and a shack for his family to live in, one day a traveler came by and told the farmer what had been taking place in India. Diamond mines and streams where diamonds were being found. The farmer sold everything, left his family, and gave them just enough to live on and went to South Africa, India, and Spain in search of his fortune in diamonds. The farmer never returned home. After finding nothing and becoming depressed, he dove into a raging river and drowned. The farmer who had bought the old farm, ox and plow, began to notice black rocks in the field, the same farm that he had left. He said it looked like the rainbow was imprisoned inside these black rocks. He mounted one on the mantle to display it. And when the priest came to visit his home, he noticed the black rock and asked the farmer where he found it. The priest, who was a jeweler before becoming a priest, realized what the rock was, a diamond. The farmer had been farming on acres and acres of diamonds. This has become the world, this became the world's largest diamond find, De Beers Diamond Mines. The world's largest diamond find was right under the feet of the man who left it to try and go find the treasure. And I believe this is twofold. It's about you personally with Christ. And he says, I found you. But it's about you recognizing where you are and seeing the diamonds all around you. Stop trying to get out. Stop trying to run. Stop trying to figure it out. And recognize what he has put around you, who he has put around you, and what you are to cultivate through his power and presence. I believe this is a call for us to find the diamond in each other. Oh man, that one's a rough one. How do you, how do you bring somebody into to knowing Jesus? Love. What makes you shine? What makes you confident? Love. What makes you know who you are? The love of Jesus. And I believe we are as the church to call out the diamonds around us. Amen? I don't know who I said this to, but I said, we have a job to do. 
And I'm sorry if you're uncomfortable with that, but it's not about our comfort. We weren't comfortable when Jesus found us. We gotta get over ourselves and go after the one and say, Jesus loves you. I'm not gonna be afraid to tell you. I'm not gonna be afraid to give you the love of Christ and the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. We have to do this, church. Not because there's pressure, but because we've been given so much. Come on. So much that we can't not call out the diamonds in Tuscarawas Valley. We will also see an incredibly selfless kingdom way of life in the coming days. Growing in all forms of Christian expression, people who work desk jobs, make music, raise children, fix cars, or cut hair will function potently as salt and light in a dynamic and diverse Christian culture, all equally infused with the passion and nature of God and the power of selfless, glory-infused, humble and obedient life in Christ Jesus. This is the kingdom culture we're seeing happen here. Amen. So it's not about you. That was Mark Greenwood, uh, Awake to Righteousness. But it's not about you being like me. Come on. It's not about you comparing yourself to somebody else in the room. It's not about you trying to be someone else. It's about you saying, wow, thanks, God. You created me very creatively. And I love to read books. And I love to be a librarian. So I'm going to shine bright and do what God has called me to do, even in your retirement. Praise God. Congratulations, by the way. To be a mom. Shine bright. Sometimes we think motherhood is hard, especially when you have littles. And you think, that's just not enough. I'm telling you, you are raising up diamonds. You are raising up kingdom children. Your job is ever so important. And don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you any different. Your fulfillment is Christ. Amen. In Revelation 19.10, you can stand with me as we close. John is in front of an angel in Revelation. And the angel is telling him, all will be, those that know the lamb will be invited to a feast. And in 10, it says, 1910, it says, then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you. And your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus, worship God, worship God. Don't worship me. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I had a revelation this week about the word testimony. Your testimony, when you share what Jesus has done, because we make it complicated. We think, well, if I have to call out the diamond in somebody, I have to be like so knowledgeable and profound about the gospel. No, tell them your story. Your story is everything. Jesus in you is everything. And, I, and the word testimony, I'm reading this book called The Courts of Heaven, and the word testimony is a legal word. In the court of law, it is a legal word. 
It is not just a, hey, let's tell our testimonies. It's a legal word. When you give a testimony in the court of law, you are taking action against someone or for someone. Amen? So when we give our testimonies, we are taking legal action in the courts of heaven against the enemy. Come on. You are taking legal action against the enemy and you're taking legal action for the person that needs to know him. Don't stop telling your story. Don't stop shining bright because you are a diamond in the field and you have a purpose, a place, and he has a plan. Tell your story. It also says that Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you tell your story, when you shine bright, when you walk out your nature in Christ, you are prophesying. Our words are so powerful. Church, speak life. Speak life. Tell your story. I encourage you. And you know what? If you don't see a result right away, don't give up. Don't back down. Don't be afraid. Love anyway. If they reject you, love more. If they hate you, pray and bless them. Keep on telling your story. You, every single one of, well, my story is just, no. Mm -mm. What was so cool about the women's conference last week was we had Shanda Miller here, and her testimony is crazy. If you've read her book or heard her speak, it's amazing. And then we had several others on the stage. There was no competition. There was no like, I'm better, you're worse. My story's better, your story's worse. No, no, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is I'm gonna cheer you on as you follow Jesus and do what he's called you to do. I'm gonna say, go get him. I am so proud of you because it's not about us. It's about the glory in the name of Jesus, amen? It's not about us. Like the angel said, don't worship me, worship God. And it's because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we get to testify of life. So I'm gonna put this out to you one more time. If there's anybody in the room that needs to get baptized today, he said, follow me in this. When you lay down your old clothes, you rise up anew. It's a prophetic example of discernment. If there's somebody in the house that wants to get baptized and saying yes to Jesus, I'm gonna let you write my story now. I'm calling you, I'm calling you out. He is calling. I praise God that you know him. You know him. He's inviting you into an intimate relationship. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Right now, I pray, Father, that you would give definition. You would give vision. You would, whole oh, power of God, fall on each heart and mind. That they would see the value that, that you put inside of them, the plans and the purpose you have that you put in them from the beginning. I call out the prophetic destiny in their lives right now. I call out, come, come, let's go, do this, come forth. Whew. Breath of God, breath of God. Come forth. Dreams and visions. Fulfillment of dreams from your childhood. 
significance that you feel like God's put inside of you to do something big, but you're afraid of the big, don't be afraid. Just do what he asked you to do today. Be obedient. Just be obedient. Just be obedient. One day at a time. It's not about the big thing. It's about the little thing. It's about you following in obedience in Jesus' name. One day at a time. One step at a time. Amen. like the Lord himself walked in that bar and spoke to me and said, what are you doing with the rest of your life? He knew what I was doing. I didn't know. But when he asked me that, I began to know. And I looked around me and I saw all the things that I was doing. And I said, Lord, here I come. Here I come. And I walked out of that bar and drove home and wasn't drunk. Never had a hangover. Oh, but God is so good to me. And he's preached the gospel of Jesus Christ all his life from then on. I feel like I want to open the altar and not for you to come for prayer, but for you to come as an act of surrender, as an act of I want to do what you are calling me to do. No more will I carry shame or guilt about what I've done. I am ready to step into the grand plans that you have for me because they are grand. And that's not too big for you to think. So this is open. Come if you want to. No pressure, but but the joy of the Lord overflowing in your life. Let's worship together as we receive from heaven right now.